What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Wednesday News. Today's March 1st, 2023, and we got a lot to cover. Gavin Lux is done for the year. College softball is all over the place, and Damian Lillard dropped 71. But first, let's head straight to the NHL. A lot of news this last couple, this last week about NHL news. Jake Muzzin supposedly is done for the year. He's had a cerv- cervical spine injury. Um, did not play very much this year. We'll probably have surgery on it. Um, not sure if that's confirmed or not, but that's the, the rumors I'm hearing. So, unfortunately, Muzzin is done for the year. Ryan Johansson of the Nashville Predators, he's out for about 12 we- weeks. He's having surgery on his right leg. Unknown about the injury, but having surgery, Ryan Johansson is done. Um, we have our first big trade of, of the week. Uh, Boston, Minnesota, and Washington all being involved in this. Boston will get Garneth Hathaway and Dmitry Orloff. He'll also get 25% of his contract. Minnesota will get a 2023 fifth-round pick from Boston and 25% of Orlov's contract, while Washington gets the big big bundle. They get 2023 first-round pick, 2025 second-round pick, 2024 third-round pick, Craig Smith, the rights to Sletchoff, and 50% of Orlov's contract. Um, very big trade. I think uh, Boston is just showing that they're going to be all in, whether that's uh, bringing in Orloff and Hathaway. A um, couple other guys that uh, I will not mention now, but I will mention later in a separate podcast episode. Um, Boston's definitely going all in, and they definitely have the, the assets now, not just to make it to the playoffs, because we all know they're making playoffs, probably Stanley Cup Finals at this point. It's it's that or, or nothing at this point. So we'll we'll see how this goes on. Minnesota taking on more money, still very questionable to me. I'm surprised about that. And Washington pretty much, unfortunately, it sounds like they're giving up on the year, giving away some of these big guys. So maybe they make it into the playoffs with, with the guys that have it, but they're definitely not winning the, the, the cup. Moving on, Cole Perfetti of uh, Winnipeg. He's out for two months with an upper body injury, which made him go out and get a couple other assets and trade deadline, maybe a couple more. So um, stay tuned for that. Linus Olmark scored the first goalie goal in Boston Bruins history on February 25th against Vancouver. One run, excuse me, run, one goal game. Um, Linus was just had the chance, got the puck, shot it all the way down over everyone. Just absolutely perfect, straight in the net. Awesome reaction from Olmark and the fans. Um, it was a road game, unfortunately. If it was a home game, that place would have been crazy. Linus Olmark is going to probably win the Vesna. So you watch him every day and you see great performances. Then you see him go out and put a goalie goal out there. That's just absolutely amazing. So Linus having a great year. This is the first goalie goal since 2020 where Pecorine, Nashville Predators, did it against Chicago on the road as well. So maybe it's something to do with the road the road team scoring all these goals. Moving on, we got another big trade. New Jersey and San Jose were involved in this one. Timo Meyer and 50% of his contract is going over to the New Jersey Devils along with Scott Harrington. Uh, Timur Ibragnum, excuse me, um, Santiri Hatika, Zachary Edmond, and a 2024 fifth rounder. San Jose will get a 2023 first round pick, 2024 conditional second round pick, and that will upgrade to a 2024 first if the New Jersey Devils make the Eastern Conference Finals and Timo Meyer, play, Timo Meyer plays 50% of the playoffs. They also get Andreas Johansson, Fabian Zutterlin, uh, Shakir Makhanelin. Uh, not too sure who these players are. Nikita Okadik and a 2024 seventh round pick. Excuse me if I messed up any of those names. It's I've never heard of these players. 
and not even sure where most of these players are from. Uh, most of them are either minor leaguers or to the rights to these certain players to sign. So uh, my apologies if I pronounced, which I know I did, incorrectly. Uh, Jake Wallman of Detroit signs a new uh, extension, three years, $3.4 million. And Dylan Larkin, also from Detroit, re-signs for eight years, $8.75 million contract. Really good pickup by uh, by Larkin, um, re-signing with Detroit. Very, uh, very positive there for Detroit. Sorry for the pause. Um, I'm not sure where I let off, so I'm just going to continue on. Um, Larkin did re-sign with Detroit for eight years, $8.75 million. We had a big trade last night. Tuesday, I'm recording this on Wednesday. Tuesday night, uh, near midnight, we had a, a quick uh, quick trade. Jonathan Quick goes to Columbus along with a conditional first-round pick, and that conditional pick turns into a 2023 second and a 2024 sec- second-round pick if the Kings miss the playoffs, and along with a 2024 third-round pick. L.A. will get uh, Vladislav. Uh, Gavrikov and Jonas Corposalo. So a quick trade. Honestly, I, I'm really sad about Jonathan Quick moving on. Um, I thought they were going to move on for him a long time ago. Uh, a long time ago, meaning like maybe two years ago. But it, it just sucks that he finally is seems to be playing like his normal self, and now he's going to be gone. Um, so I, I'm excited for Corposalo. I think he's a good goaltender. I think uh, L.A. might be a good spot for him. So I'm curious what LA is going to do with their goalie situation now that they have Phoenix Copley as well for the next year. Um, Gabrikov, though, is a very good defenseman. I think that's going to be great depth in for LA. And I do think they're going to make playoffs, so expect Columbus to keep that 2023 first-round pick. Although, though, Jonathan Quick, even though he did just get dealt to Columbus, I've been hearing a lot of news uh, connecting to other teams, and one of those teams being uh, Vegas is one of the front-runners. So I could see... Uh, I could see Vegas going after another goaltender. I don't know if Jonathan Quick's the right one to go after for them, knowing with them having like so many injuries with their their uh, cor- uh, their goalies and stuff like that. So Jonathan Quick going to Vegas would be a surprising shock, and I don't think I'd like that as a fan of um, SoCal teams. So I don't think I'd like to see Vegas get Quick at all. Moving on, we had our last big trade of the week. Jacob Chikrin, he's been on the trade block since last year. From Arizona is going to Ottawa. So Ottawa gets Chikrin and they're sending off to Arizona. 2023 conditional first rounder. Um, which that is a top five protected pick. It shifts to a 2024 pick. Um, a first rounder if that top five is. If it turns into top five this year. 2024 conditional second round pick. The 2024 first rounder. Um, will be unprotected. Or will be a protected top ten pick. If Ottawa. Uh, makes it in the Eastern Conference Finals this year. Um, and if that does turn into a top 10 pick, it will slide to a 2025 first-round pick no matter what. And then they'll also get a 2026 second-round pick. A lot going on there in that trade. I think Chickering was ready to move on for sure. I think Arizona's needed to find the right the right uh, dollar sign for him. They pretty much got exactly, I think, what they were looking for. I think they wanted a first-rounder and a, a few of those and, and another pick. So I think Arizona got pretty much what they could get knowing Shakerin was not going to re-sign with them at all. So that's definitely better than letting them walk. So I think Ottawa's not going to make playoffs, maybe squeak in. But overall, I think um, I think there's worse that could happen with this. Um, but who knows? I mean, 
maybe Chikrin does help him to playoffs and they move on and keep on going. I did forgot to mention one trade. I think the biggest trade of this off this season so far, Patrick Kane moving. Everybody knew Chicago was going to move Patrick Kane. Patrick Kane was very mad the last couple of weeks that the Rangers went after Tarasenko and Chicago was not able to make that trade. So everybody thought the Rangers were going to be the front runners, and yet they got Tarasenko a couple of weeks ago. They went out and got Patrick Kane. So New York Rangers not only got Vladimir Tarasenko, they picked up Patrick Kane. They get 75% of his contract and Cooper Zetch. That's an amazing pickup. New York Rangers are the might be the team to beat along with the Boston Boston Bruins in the Eastern Eastern Conference Finals. Um, I would not be surprised to see these two teams in the finals at all. Chicago, though, they get a 2023 conditional second rounder. That turns into a first if the Rangers make the Eastern Conference Finals. They get a 2023 fourth round pick, Andy Walensky and Vili uh, Sarhavi. Arizona, though, is the third team in this trade. They get 25% of Kane's contract and a 2023 third round pick from the New York Rangers. I don't like that Coyotes get get some of this contract. Um, I think it's a waste for the Coyotes. They seem to be the team that always get contracts. They actually got Shea Weber's contract earlier this year. Um, this week, excuse me. So they're just, it just kind of shows you that they're really not the team that wants to go out and spend a lot of money. They'd rather just kind of be the team to help out other teams. So, But anyways, Rangers, great pickup. I think they did great this, this uh, trade deadline. And the trade deadline's not even over. It's done on Friday. So expect more trades to come bigger names as well to uh to be dealt let's move into the mlb we got a couple of news uh manny machado decided he was going to opt out of his contract after this year san diego sat down with him had him sign an 11 year 350 dollar 350 million dollar contract extension great signing by by manny and the padres um he's really the face of the franchise at this point so i would be very surprised to see him go so i'm glad manny's going to be re-signing with um, San Diego, and it's going to be a great, it should be a great season for the Padres. Gavin Lux, he tore his ACL in a spring training game this earlier this week. He's done for the year. Unfortunate news is he was going to be one of the, the starters this this uh, this season, so Gavin Lux is done for the year. Not sure who they'll slide in. Maybe Taylor, maybe Rojas, maybe go out and get another short, shortstop. Um, a lot of options out there, but unfortunately, bad luck for Gavin Lux. And lastly, we got Joe Musgrove, uh, pitcher for the Padres. He fractured his toe in the weight room the other day. There's no timeline for his return, but that would be a huge loss if it's anything past opening day. So hopefully he's able to heal that uh, fairly quickly. Let's move into the NFL. We actually had a lot more news than I expected. Bobby Wagner is set to be released by the L.A. Rams. Um, very surprising after being picked up by the Rams uh, this uh, past season. So... Unfortunately, Wagner is going to be set to the free agent market. And a lot of news about Jalen Ramsey being traded. Um, no confirms, no, no, no teams that I know are interested as of right now, but I would not be surprised to see Ramsey on the move as well. We'll move out to Tennessee. They're releasing three players, Bobby, excuse me, Robert Woods, Taylor Lewan, and Randy Bullock all being moved. This move frees up $4.23 million under the cap as they were about, I think, 12 million over the cap so this does put Tennessee in a great position right now the Bears they have been approached by a couple of teams about their first overall draft pick in this upcoming draft and a lot of sources saying that they are ready to make the trade unfortunately their their pick um, the young kid from Georgia has just been accused of 
a couple of allegations. I do not want to report on it yet because I do not know the, the reports right now. But most likely I will let you guys know next Wednesday news. Um, so if that's the case, I don't know who the Bears will go after at this point because that was the front runner as a new defensive guy in Chicago. Um, I still see him trading this pick. I just don't know when, don't know how much they'll get out of it and who they'll go after in the draft. Move on to Washington. Carson Wentz is going to be released. He's going to be looking for his 14 in four years. This saves up $26 million for the cap space and in, in the, for the commanders. They also are going to be releasing Bobby McCain, which will release, which saves $4.2 million. Atlanta is releasing Marcus Mariota. Frees up $12 million of his contract, first contract being gone. I'm not I'm kind of surprised about this, um, but I also want to see Desmond Ritter take the, the full reign. So hopefully Desmond Ritter gets a great job and uh, does a great job and gets the opportunity he needs in Atlanta. And lastly, Tampa Bay. So Leonard Fournette asked to be released from the team, so he'll be released on March 15th. Um, we won't know um, the money situation yet. I do not know it as of right now. But March 15th, he will be released. But he, he was asked um, to be released. We got the NBA, so a little bit more than I expected. Um, I'm not a huge NBA person, but I try to get you guys all the news around the sports as I can. Um, really big news, though. Damian Lillard. Um, against the Rockets on Sunday, won 131 to 114 for the Trailblazers. He dropped 71 points. Amazing, 71 points in a game, pretty much scoring a little bit over half of the points for the team. Which is, I don't understand defense nowadays in the NBA. But moving on, Lillard hit 13 three pointers, 22 for 38 on the floor, 14 for 14 from the foul line. Lillard just had a perfect game, and he didn't even play the whole game. He played, I think, 40, 42 minutes or something like that. So. Great game by Lillard. Great game by the Trailblazers. And Lillard just keeps on um, showing up. And uh, hopefully the Trailblazers keep on showing up for him. LeBron James is set to miss a couple of, couple of weeks with an ankle injury. Um, supposedly, it did. I saw the replay. It didn't look great. He came down holding that ankle. But according to LeBron, this is the most tw- the last 23 games of the Lakers are the most important 23 games of his career. I call a bunch of fooey. I don't think that's that's correct. Um, but the Lakers are outside of a playoff spot right now, so they need to go like fifteen and seven to end the year or something like that. Something crazy, like crazy record. Um, LeBron, if if he's not in it, it's not going to be easy for the Lakers. But they went out and made a big couple of big trades this this deadline. So I, if the Lakers are going to make the playoffs, those guys definitely have to step up. Um, so I don't think LeBron should should hurry back. But if they start losing a couple games in a row, Lakers are going to have a hard time getting into that playoff spot. Lastly, we got John Morant. Uh, this is uh, this hurts. The star for the Grizzlies is accused of allegedly hitting a 17-year-old during a basketball game. Supposedly uh, struck the kid 12 times, then went to his home to return with a gun around his waistband. Jaw told the authorities the team threatened uh, the team threatened to, quote-unquote, come back and light this place up like fireworks. Jaw said it, it sounds like it, it was more of a self-defense, so he said he feared for his safety and came back with the, the gun. If all of this is true, this is very bad timing on, uh, on everyone's part. Um, it, I don't have any other news besides what I just told you right now. Hopefully this isn't true. Hopefully the 17-year-old, um, hitting the 17-year-old is not true. Hopefully John Morant is telling everything true, whether he did fear for his safety and stuff and stuff like that. But if that's the case, don't come back. 
Like supposedly he went home and then came back. If he did, don't come back. Tell tell the authorities about it. Do something else. Don't take it into your own hands. But I'm not a police officer. I'm not John Moran. I don't know what was happening in that, that situation. But that's just my opinion on it. We'll move on to college softball now. College softball. So we got a top five. Oklahoma takes number one. UCLA drops back down to number two. Oklahoma State moves up to three. Clemson at four. And Florida State at five. Weekends of, weekend upsets. Started off on, on Friday with Fullerton beating number 24, Oregon 5-0. to zero. Then Oregon beating number 17, no, Northwestern 2-1. to one. Oregon State beating number 21, Missouri 3-2. to two. Minnesota upsetting number 23, Maryland 4-1. to one. Not much of an upset, but number 9, Tennessee beating number 5, Clemson 1-0. to zero. Number 24, Oregon puts up another upset, one of the biggest ones of the weekend, 3-0 to zero, or 8-0, to zero, excuse me, over number 3, Florida. CSU Fullerton once again making a big upset against number three Florida, beating them in eight innings by a score of five to four. Louisiana beat number fourteen LSU five to four. Kennesaw State they beat Alabama number seven in the country five to three. And the biggest win of the of the weekend, if you want to consider it an upset, go for it. I thought I would include it though. Number two Oklahoma absolutely killed number one UCLA fourteen to zero, beat them in five innings. So upset if you want to call it that sure i'm not calling it that i thought i would include it though because oklahoma is definitely one of the best teams in the country ucla had a couple of great wins last weekend uh, but this this past weekend you can't lose 14 to 0 and expect to be number one in the country still that that does not work especially losing that in five innings so oklahoma wins big they move back into the best team in the in the in the league excuse me in the country so big weekend for for Oklahoma and all these other teams as well, like CSU Fullerton. And just give you the the Sun Devil update. ASU only had three games this week at a doubleheader on Saturday. Three wins over Iowa State, though. They went 3-0 on the weekend, improving their record to 11-2. So hopefully they get a little bit more recognized as well, beating against up teams that are actually Power 5 schools in Iowa State, being in the Big, T- Big 12. So um, ASU still not ranked, um, still receiving votes here and there, but... Hopefully uh, they keep on rolling and they do well this this upcoming weekend. NCAA basketball. Um, basketball is ending up right now. So the women's uh, game is starting their conference tournaments and the men's games are ending this weekend, starting the, ne- the tournament the following week. So March Madness is coming up. Be ready for March Madness episodes. I want to uh, highlight one game, though, from this past weekend. Arizona State goes into Arizona and just played an outstanding game. Ended up being back and forth game. It all came down to one throw, or excuse me, one shot. Right before that, though, the ASU was down by two. Excuse me, down by one. Tried to have the last shot of the game because they had that opportunity. Shot went up. It didn't drop. They were able to foul, get the guy to the foul line. He only made one at two, so it was a two-point lead for Arizona. ASU had about two seconds on the clock, three maybe, they inbounded the ball. Devin Cambridge was able to take the ball, dribble it, shoot it past half court, and it just it went flush in. Ended up winning Arizona State. Their first their first win in 30 games in Tucson as an unranked team when Arizona's ranked. Um, outstanding game by Arizona State. I was surprised. I sat down and actually watched this one. I was like, I, I got time this Saturday. Why not sit down and watch this? So I ended up watching it, and I was freaking out. 
being an Arizona State fan, I love beating up on U of A. And for them to do it on the road as an unranked team where U of A is, is number seven in the country right before the tournament, this is a great win for Arizona State. I expect them to be in the March Madness tournament as a bubble team. And if that's the case, I think games like this are going to motivate this team not only to, to get out of the bubble, make it in the tournament, maybe even make it to the second round. If I get them to see it in the round of 32s, I will be very happy, and I think it will be a very positive year for Arizona State Sun Devils. Lastly, before we get into the games of the week, we got college baseball. So the rankings, top five, LSU number one, Stanford two, Tennessee three, Ole Miss four, Wake Forest five. We had one upset series of the weekend that I recognize. Portland beating number five, Texas A&M on the road. Texas A&M lost on Friday 10-3 and Saturday 4-1. They were able to win Sunday not to get swept, but Portland comes into town and just and cleans up. A great win by them. I was able to watch a little bit at the end of the, the Friday game, but by then, when I turned it on, the game was already over. It was, I think it was 8-3 to three at that point, so Portland already had everything on their belt. So, great weekend by Portland. Really tough weekend for the Aggies. And a couple, I'm, I'm going to say this, a couple upsets did happen, but not upset series. So, teams didn't sweep. They maybe lost one game to an unranked opponent, but I'm not going to include that. I'll include only updated series for when it comes to baseball. And your weekend update for Arizona State, 1-2 one, one and two on the weekend when they went out to Mississippi State. Won the first game on Friday by a big score. Ended up dropping the next two, though. So ended up losing their first two games of the, of the year. Uh, beat North Dakota State earlier today on Wednesday, March 1st. Uh, that improves their record to 6-2 and two on, the, on the year. Arizona State has been very impressive. I hope that they keep this going because the Pac-12 is looking very good this year when it comes to baseball. So... I'm hoping Arizona State keeps on going with this, keeps the record going. Maybe plays a little bit of spoilers. I'm not expecting them to be a top 25 right now, but hoping that they keep on impressing um, the committee and keeps it uh, keeps it going forward. Let's get into the games of the week. So tomorrow, NHL, Ottawa at New York Rangers, 4 o'clock Pacific time. Patrick Kane should make his debut. That is the game for the weekend. Hopefully you guys are listening to this before that game starts. If not, watch the highlights because I guarantee Panarin versus and uh, Tarasenko and, and Kane are all going to be on the highlight reels that game. So should be a fun game to watch. Should be odd as hell with Chicago not being on the front of Patrick Kane's jersey. So hopefully uh, that game should be good tomorrow, 4 o'clock Pacific Standard Time. Games for the MLB to watch. I am not going to suggest you to watch any single spring training game because I hate spring training myself. Think it's a waste of time. Think it's too long. It's not meant for the, the pros, and the pros get hurt like Gavin Lux. So, I'm not going to suggest MLB games this week. Um, I'm going to not even suggest it up until uh, uh, opening day. So, don't expect an MLB game to be on here unless there's news uh, for me to talk about, whether it's an injury, a trade, a signing. NBA Saturday at 5:30 Pacific Standard Time. We got the 76ers visiting the Bucks. I think that should be a pretty good game. Really good Eastern Conference teams. Uh, playoff seeding on the line. I think um, I think the 76ers are actually going to upset this one. Um, I like Embiid a lot. I think he's a great player. So I think uh, I think the Sixers are going to win this one. I do like Giannis, though. Don't get me wrong. Giannis is a great player. But I think the 76ers will just win this game. It's one game. But should be one of the better games this weekend. NASCAR. I'll, although I did not talk about NASCAR this, this uh, podcast, uh, Kyle Busch did win the the Auto Club Speedway um, just did not have the time to put it in here. But 
this weekend, Sunday, 1230 Pacific Standard Time. NASCAR will be at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. Should be a fun track, not nearly as big as the last two two racetracks. So should be fun to watch. Hopefully you guys could tune in Sunday, 1230 Pacific Standard Time. Softball. So number 24, Louisiana, will play number 11, Texas, on Sunday, 1030 Pacific Time in the morning. Excuse me, in the morning Pacific Time. Should be a good game. Louisiana just making that that final spot in the in the rankings, twenty four out of twenty five. Texas kind of middle of the pack team. It's gonna be either either way, either way I can see it. Like if, if Texas is gonna win, it's be a good win for them, help them in the rankings. If Louisiana's gonna win, that's gonna improve their record and it's gonna just push them up to more of a mid mid place team. And I can see Texas dropping uh, if they lose this team to Louisiana, just because Texas has not been nearly as good as as what the the experts were going to think. And we got the last sport, baseball. Um, so number 22, Miami, will visit number 6, Florida, this weekend, a three-game series starting on Friday, ending on Sunday. I think this game, this game's going to be great, or these games, excuse me. Whenever you have in-state rivals playing, you can consider Miami versus Florida a rivalry, but when you're in-state, it means way more to the players. And top 25, Schools going at it too. I think that's gonna be great. Um, I'm gonna think Florida's gonna win at least two of the three. Uh, but I'm I love seeing upsets. So um, if Miami wins two of the three, it maybe even uh, sweeps the weekend. That will be uh, definitely mentioned next week on the podcast. Well, thanks guys. Thank you for joining in to the Wednesday news for March first, 2023. There was a lot of news to cover. I didn't want to go too far in depth and make this a very long podcast because you know I want to keep this about half an hour to 40 minutes just kind of give you guys everything that's going on in the league and don't want to bore you guys so we will make this weekend a MLB episode which I pre-recorded with my with a, a new beauty to the podcast I won't spoil it yet but we did talk a lot about just preseason for baseball what we thought about the teams where we think they're going to end up this upcoming season it will not be Kettler and Connor though it will be a new new guest um, so just look forward to that the following weekend, or the following week, excuse me, we'll do the Wednesday news like normal, and then we will have our own hockey talk episode because trade deadline will be over, and I will love to go through all the trades, tell you what I think about them, and make a longer episode. So that's why I kind of gave you a few of those trades from this week, a few of the trades for the last couple of weeks, and didn't go too far in depth because I want to save it for one whole episode. So I'll give you guys one whole episode all talking about hockey and where I think these teams are going to be. If I find a guest for that, that'll be awesome. If not, it'll just be me talking. Hopefully keeping it under 45 minutes if it's just me and not boring you guys too much about my hockey talk. But once again, appreciate you guys all listening. And stay tuned for Friday, a new episode with my, my new guest about MLB preseason. We'll see you guys later.